We live in a fast-paced and hectic world where it's easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Recovery Road, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day on your road to recovery. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Greg Bird. Welcome, everyone, to the Master Your Life show, the show of insight, intelligence, and inspiration, where I ask you each episode to consider who is it you are right now and what kind of life are you trying to create? Um, Are you really satisfied with all of the things in your life or are there areas that you'd like to tweak? And for most of us, the answer to that is heck yes. Master Your Life has been a censorship-free, self-funded platform since 2016. So we didn't just get rolling as a result of the uh, current shenanigan fest last March. I've actually had a podcast um, every week. Um, So I'm into my 200th episode now um, since uh, mid-2016. And in that time, Um, We've had some awesome uh, guests on the show and people that have really got their heart in the right place around helping humanity to be able to uh, grow and prosper through what people are calling now unprecedented times. And I can remember at the beginning of 2016 or 2020, when this, uh, when this was first announced, Justin Trudeau standing on the front steps of the, the show home <laughs> so i'll call it saying that you know this, this this could be going on for what i heard to start with was 24 months and i know what a lot of people uh, took away from that was it's going to be a couple weeks and i said to my family i called the both my kids and said hey are you guys ready prepared to put up with this for two full years because that's what they're saying right now and then we made a bunch of family decisions right at that point about how we were going to conduct ourselves as a family, how we were going to collect research, how we're going to, you know, really pay attention to the subtleties of what was going on because we've been tuned into it for quite some time. Sadly for a lot of other folks though, they were not prepared for unprecedented times. And so now we flash forward to 2021 and uh, a lot of, some people are doing great. Some people aren't doing so hot. So Greg, maybe do you have a picture? I do. And I have it up for people. You know, memes have been such a big part of our pop culture and streaming through social media. One popped up and our whole topic, the underlying theme of today is going to be perspective. And this one, I'm going to ask a question to the audience and the viewers. You talked about 2020 being a very challenging year. This one sums up what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to kind of poke fun at the kind of the pop culture here. So question is, can it get worse? It's a matter of perspective. And this one, it says, yeah. So here's the, the picture, if everyone can see it, 2020 with the, paper, <laughs> the toilet paper debacle that we face, which will go down in history as the most infamous times of going to a grocery store. And actually, when you need toilet paper, being scolded at for buying what we would call uh, a need. So anyway, the 2021, I thought was really funny with the. Uh, kind of playing on that fact with the empty toilet paper tube what's next what does 2021 have in store so i wanted to share that uh 
and set the tone for perspective because that was the first thing that popped up on my phone as you and I were chatting about where are we going to take today? So I thought that was funny to share and we poked fun at that. So Leah, your comments on that meme. Oh, well, I thought it was hilarious because I can remember the moment when somebody texted me and said, hey, do you have toilet paper? I'm like, what? Uh, (laughs) Do I have toilet paper? And it was somebody that had a fairly huge family and they're going like, we're out of toilet paper and we've been everywhere and can't find any. And so for them, it was a a real first world problem because they had little kids. And so then it was the, you know, going back to, well, how would you actually just take care of that problem without the toilet paper? Oh yeah, we do have ways of doing that. Um, But the panic that ensued was quite funny. And then um, I'm not on social media, even though I use you know youtube facebook whatever to communicate with people i'm very rarely actually on it because i know how um, destructive it is to mind body uh, and spirit so i stay off of it and and so i really hadn't seen the unfolding of how crazy people got until another friend told me that somebody had hoarded a bunch of toilet paper and then they were selling it at this inflated price and trying to make money off of people's misery. Um, And meanwhile, I thought, I wonder what the rest of the world is actually thinking about this craziness, like that we would all be actually losing our minds and, and being insulting to one another in the grocery store, which was another, I just went, what? Somebody would actually get in a fight over a toilet paper? What is going on here? <laughs> that we have, have we lost our collective minds? And apparently, yeah, yeah, there has been some loss of some common sense and, some, and dignity and care and compassion and concern for other people. I'm not sure. What did you think about it all there, Greg? Well, I had to laugh because it's tied so much to the financial (laughs) markets and world because during that same time period, March to April, and even before things started to turn around in the markets, is people were treating their stocks the same way. This whole bandwagon like psychology, this mass panic. Can you comment on that and how that became a thing? Oh, for sure. Because uh, in mass panic, I'm very familiar with. I've worked with, in mental health for a long period of time with, uh, and in, with executive coaching with people who are managing $425 million privately owned companies. Um, and also with people who are dealing with multiple health problems within their family systems. And sometimes those also coexist. So it's lots of money and lots of health problems at the same time. So you have to be able to help people to understand that what, whenever there's tension, whatever the tension is, causes a constriction. Now, most people would say that's fight flight, but what it actually is, is a broader range of symptoms, which is fight, flight, freeze, or dissociate. And so those other two kind of get forgotten. But freeze dissociate can cause you a lot of problems in your life. Um, So freeze is where you can fight flight. Most people are familiar with Um, freeze is where you literally go. um, I'm going to keep my eyes closed as tight as I possibly can until this thing passes that the horror is going to go past me. It's going to go past me. It's going to go past me. And you see little kids do this in bed when the boogeyman is not sleeping under their bed. So it's a real thing. And then dissociate is what people do when they've had a trauma where they actually, um, either consciously, uh, usually subconsciously leave their body. So their body, um, they can actually watch what's going on within their landscape, but it's not actually affecting them. So that's sometimes called compartmentalization. 
it's a highly developed skill. Um, and But what it doesn't do is it doesn't actually allow you to practically handle what is going on in the real world. And so when you come out of whatever the state is, whether that's fight, flight, freeze, or dissociate, you still have the real world problem. And it may have even gotten worse because you didn't have the skills to um, like hit the ground running, so to speak. Uh, do you want to pick up on that? <laughs> so. Oh, you know what? And I, it, I'm going to go back to perspective. You know, once yeah. people, the ones that weren't in that freeze and dissociate, I've seen that across many, many people actually weren't just clients they are actually financial advisors. Cause I'm in that realm of helping advisors and coaching them, mentoring them is even they froze and ones that you would feel that would maybe know better. It was, it was really a daunting task to really help them along. But as we were doing our research, Leah, for this particular broadcast, this episode, there was the very next thing that popped up on my Facebook feed. And this one hit really close to home to me. Um, if you mind me sharing no, this story. No, please do. Yeah, please do share. So this particular individual became one of my best friends back when I worked at the Standard Life Company. Mm-hmm. She worked in another department. Uh, I got permission for, for, for me to share this story today because it's quite moving of her perspective of uh, last year, which many, you would argue, people personified the year 2020. They actually gave it life. And that's the first time I've ever heard that in my lifetime, that they were calling 2020 like an entity. So here's her take. Uh, Teresa Llewellyn's, um, she's had a battle with cancer. Mm-hmm. So when we first met was, gosh, go back to 2010. She had a crazy couple years leading up till to 2020. And here's what she wrote, if you don't mind me sharing. No, please. So this is like a letter to the new year. So Teresa Llewellyn, every year I do a recap of the year. And how did it change me? 2020, what can I say? We all had a very challenging year with you. 2020 started out amazing with an engagement from the love of my life, Joey. Sadly, it backfired on us nine days later with the diagnosis of colorectal cancer. Cancer has taken its toll on me for the past two years. Cancer has taken both my breasts, took all my hair, took 24 lymph nodes, took my anus and rectum, which gave me a colostomy for the rest of my life. Cancer has taken me to the deepest parts of hell and back, but I'm still here. Mm Cancer has been a part of my journey of fighting for my life these past two years. I've had 53 rounds of radiation, 226 rounds of chemo, and three major surgeries that cancer has literally gutted me from the inside out but I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Cancer is a part of me. It's taking more. It's taken more than it's given, and I've beaten it twice. I've always said cancer would not define me. However, it changed me. It's made me appreciate living, the simple things in life, and it's made me appreciate the thing we take most for granted, time. The appreciation for life you can only truly get when you're forced to face your own mortality. I hear other Others complain about COVID and the other things in their life, complain about things that are unfair. Sadly, life can be unfair. Life can pull the rug from underneath you in a split second. Life isn't about what we were dealt. We were great, dealt great cards and crappy cards. It's how we face them both that defines us. There are many things we don't like and many things that aren't fair. However, there are bigger things happening in this world than our feelings of unfair for 2020. I feel we lose sight of what matters in life Instead, we focus on what should be, instead of focusing on what is, life. Life isn't fair at the worst of times, and life can be complicated at the best of times. However, 
You're alive to feel both. Life isn't about just passing the time. It's about creating the moments that define you. It's about living the moments that create memories. It's about fighting the bad times so you can appreciate the great times. It's about not settling for anything mediocre in life. If it doesn't enhance you, then why are you doing it? We are never guaranteed time. We have this moment right here, right now. Time is a gift and it's up to you how you live it and embrace it. Waste your money and you're only out of money. But waste your time and you've lost a part of your life. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And that's what she wanted to say. Have a safe and wonderful New Year's. And oh my God, it brings tears to my eyes because this girl is as beautiful on the inside as she is out. Whoever knows Teresa has quite a following because she's been very public and sharing her journey and given others hope, not only that have been through cancer, but any struggle, whether it's mental illness, any other illness, any type of despair, anything that curveball that 2020 threw at us, that girl is doing things the right way, I believe. Mm-hmm. What's your takeaway of that, Leah? Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful perspective to have. And and also the storytelling is very powerful if people can absorb the story at some sort of a feeling level. And so part of, again, the problem of when we're in this constricted state of that fight, flight, flow, or freeze, dissociate is we don't take that stuff in because we can't afford to. So then we don't have perspective and we don't have compassion. And so you can hear all the good stories in the world and that can still not uh, help you to line up with your own why of why you're doing stuff. And so she's an incredible soul going through the world. Somebody that spoke to you because you have a personal connection with her. That's oftentimes the big uh, differentiator is when you have that personal connection, that it's somebody that personally has been affected by something really important. And then you take that in, um, And then you want to do something about it. Like you wanted to share this story. But the other thing that it's like a perspective thing of the oddness that we're living in right now is that beautiful message. That message of perspective was also presented on a forum that is marketing total garbage to people. And it's like, so you scroll through the mind screwery of things, and then you come upon the one nice story. And this is part of the challenge of 2020. Well, I think of the last 10 years of social media getting such a handle on us is that social media can be used for the good of sharing those kinds of stories. But social media or any of this stuff can be so poorly Uh, looping and have such a bad uh, impact on us, especially in terms of finances, because we are literally indoctrinated for the last over 100 years in order to, um, you know, hijack our common sense and get us to do all kinds of things that get us into trouble. Do you want to speak to that a bit? Oh, boy. You know what? And like I said, there's all those different things that are filtering through there. So you and I did a little social experiment and we can't even make this stuff up. So as you scroll to the next thing that pops up, what do you think that was? Advertising. <laughs> and for $5 in just one minute of my time, I can invest in Tesla and Apple and all the top stocks that are out there and just do it myself just for five minutes and, and make a 708% rate of return. It's like, really? Really? And then guess what the next one is? And you and I joked about this one. So bad. How many times have I heard this as somebody's retirement and savings plan is 
I'm going to win the lottery. The next one that pops up for just $20 and just get started now, we'll give you a bonus $10 for a free spin, was a gambling website endorsed here in the province of Alberta. Right. Oh my goodness, where have we gone so wrong in uh, just getting this feed and how do we even filter that stuff out? Right. Well, let's go to the heart of that. Um, and I encourage everybody get out a pen and piece of paper because I'm the one going to be given all the like <laughs> make notes, people. Um, but there's a really important uh, educational series on uh, YouTube, actually, that's it's originally a series from the BBC called The Century of the Self. And it's a four part series like a, it's about an hour each episode, but it's well worth the his history lesson of where we came from uh, in terms of how marketing uh, where marketing started from, how it was derived and what its intention is and what its continued intention is. And by knowing that story, then you can figure out how to extricate yourself from that. But interestingly enough, for anyone who is a, a spiritual being or a follower of psychology, it will break your heart <laughs> because you'll go, what? How can this all be so corrupt? At least that was, that's my always when I watch more new things. And even I have to rewatch things several times to really get it in my heart that how corrupt and how purposeful it's been, this corruption. Um, so Sigmund Freud's cousin, Bernie, came over to the U.S. and he started up what is now uh, modern day PR marketing. And that's a true story. You can, you know, like I say, watch that series, have your family sit down and actually watch that series. It will help you to be discerning about how you look at media, everything from how we got convinced that was a good idea to take birth control pills to how it was a good idea for us to all invest in war bonds uh, and into the workforce. And it was a good idea for uh, like, you need to watch the story because if I get too far into the weeds, then I'm given all the good stuff away but we'll talk about it further on another episode if somebody would like to do that because it is very uh it's very fleshy <laughs> it's very fleshy <laughs> so speaking of, of questions from the viewers we got actually yes. a number of questions going back to our first episode so we talked about how people can build that financial game plan i use that sports analogy and it, i use that one uh, phrase how you can pay yourself first and put that 10 yeah. percent but the question actually came from somebody, get this, is how do we even come up with that 10%? And this is all connected, right? And Very keep in mind, the context of this question came from somebody from a household making a six-figure income that month after month, year after year, they couldn't even come up with 10% to pay themselves first. First big chunk, of course, went to tax, which we all have to pay our taxes. But where did they go wrong? And where can we help them now in deciphering how can you change that mindset? That's why these two things, these two topics are so interrelated, intertwined. So I did some research on this. And this goes back to that whole be, do, have model that was introduced to the world. I believe it was by Stephen Covey. And then from a financial perspective, you probably ought would recognize the name Zig Ziglar, who <laughs> made a really good living off of really teaching that to the financial uh, advisors of the world. And it comes down to that be, do, have. And I believe that pop culture has not done us any favors. And in fact, it's actually flipped it on its head in the sense that people need that instant gratification. So it's the have, and then all of a sudden the behaviors that follow, 
be it debt accumulation, you just get yourself in a hot water. And then that becomes the thing that defines you. So it's totally backwards. What are your feelings on that, Leah? Well, now I'm going to have to take back all of my lotto winnings. And <laughs> I don't know. Hang on, let me hide my tickets in shape. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, yes, it's, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I, I think that it's, um, yeah, the, it's so insidious, the having stuff and the pressure to have stuff, the pressure to have the, um, you did another social experiment. You went shopping to Walmart. You were saying that just to pay attention to like Greg was telling me, I was paying attention to all of the advertising that's going on at through Walmart. And so imagine yourself not in Walmart, but in West Edmonton mall or in Dubai or in wherever or online flipping through. It's like, what is all of the things that you automatically feel like that little ting, ting, ping, ping about, Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. And usually it's because there's some really slick marketing behind it very slick and so you find yourself buying stuff you know and your cart loaded up with things that you don't need uh, and strategically walmart and all of those big grocery stores uh, i do a lot of health coaching and so i teach people how to shop as part of part of it but always they've got the very first aisles are all full of chocolate candy easy to cook foods whatever is the next party session is always what's next that to buy on mass by the gobs so the other part I want to bring up is all the basic needs. Let's just think about food, clothing, and shelter just for a second. Yeah. How many people go overboard month in, month out, and face with what are we going to buy for food, right? And is it a need or is it a want? Oh, God, I'm guilty of skip the dishes. I, I'll be the first to admit, but I had to rein that in on myself saying, what, Greg, are you doing? Um <laughs> Believe it or not, it was my niece that introduced me to Skip the Dishes where she ordered a booster juice to be right. delivered to the house and paid an extra $3.49 plus the tip to the driver to get a booster juice. I'm like, what is wrong with this scenario? But even questioning it back then, I found myself doing it during COVID, during 2020, and I had to stop myself because, again, mm -hmm. is it a need or is it a want? Okay, so that's right. food. Then there's clothing. Like, is it a need or a want? Is like my, my clothes falling off where I need to now go buy some more jeans or some more socks? Or is it something that I want? And do I really need that, right? Am, am I going to die if I don't have that piece of clothing? And then there's our shelter, right? There's the basic needs of our shelter and things that you can do. When you just get back down to the basics, to uncover 10% can be so easy. We have to just change the mindset, right? We need to go back to that square one. And how are we going to overcome it? So I'm going to challenge everyone right now. Take a blank piece of paper, a notebook, take a pen, and I want you to get ready to analyze your spending pattern over the last three months. Now, this is going to be a painful exercise. We talk about painful exercises. I want you to take your, out your credit card statement if you have a credit card or maybe you have multiple credit cards. And then I want you to take out your bank statement, however you're used to purchase. And what I want to do is... Take it a step further, even if you have a, a highlighter or a green or a red pen, even better. I want you to circle everything that was green that was a, a need, okay? So groceries, need, and then even break that down. Anything that was a want or that you went overboard, I want you to identify that with red and put an exclamation point behind that. 
Now, what I want you to do is track that behavior. Okay, going forward over this next month, many of us are going to get our credit card statements in January and some of us might fall off our chairs because Christmas was included in there and whatever else. But you have the power in yourself to make a change in your behavior. And I'm going to actually share a personal success story of a client that did exactly this and had the same question that our one viewer said, how the heck don't we have 10% to pay ourselves first? This same individual was asking themselves this back in August. And then I challenged this person with this actual exercise and we tracked it. So we had booked a meeting for one hour in September, October, November, December. And guess what? Not only did they uncover 10%, they actually uncovered 25% where they were then to reallocate towards their plan. And thank God they did because look when the next lockdowns hit, that industry was one of the ones that were affected. So instead of dipping into now the credit card debt and that becoming insurmountable at whatever 19.99% interest, which we can get off into the weeds on that another day, <laughs> how those companies are allowed to charge that much interest on, on credit cards, is that there was savings there. There was an emergency savings. So when the next curveball of COVID hit here, just locally in Alberta, this can apply to the world, is they were prepared. So just this little exercise... Now, what was interesting is that the first month was a challenge, September. Mm -hmm. October got even easier, November hit, and December, what was so cool, you've heard this, Leah, how long does it take to make a good habit or a bad habit? Isn't it 40 days? Well, I, I have a 21-day rule, but 40 days probably for... Let's just say 40. 40 and in that 40 days, we created a positive momentum, Right. So I'm going to encourage every listener, if you're facing this difficulty, and whether you're financially strapped financially or financially free, this still could apply. <laughs> Is right. Maybe you could do things even better. Maybe you could be even become more efficient with your budgeting, your cash flow plan. So this can speak to the masses. I just want to challenge everybody, if you're feeling the pinch, do this first. And really take it back to that square one, you know, that be and do. Like, like change that behavior. Go back to that who you are, change your behavior, and then you can learn from some of these mistakes and then gather this momentum going forward. And that's where the have comes in is that's when you can have now, you know, uh, that financial freedom that no longer sl losing sleep at night. You've got a home, right? You've got, you've got a job that you love, you've got a savings and possibly an inheritance to give. So that's where I wanted to share uh, this part of the story. So two things from that, Greg, one is that why that was successful is because she had somebody help her and that she got out of that shame thing. And so this is what's going on for a lot of people right now. They don't want to pull out anything because they feel like they know what's there and they're afraid to look. So this is where you need to overcome that instinctual fight, flight, freeze, or dissociate. And this is your moment of, reconcil of reconciling with yourself, which is very liberating. So just get through this little bump, take a deep breath, pull everything out. You know, you might have to do this for a little bit at a distance, like draw at a distance, take your glasses off so you really can't see entirely, do a little bit <laughs> And then, you know, look, but, you know, ease yourself into it. But it, it is that way for a lot of people because it's just so horrifying what is actually there. 
And then, uh, but once you've done that, then it's like, okay, now I can, I can actually settle into this because I know there's a solution and I have an accountability partner, someone that's helping me that isn't judging me, but that is actually helping me to resolve whatever the, the issue is. That's really important. And the reason why I say 21 days, 40 days, there's evidence and studies um, to prove all things, instant change. Depends what your impetus is, depends what your why is. So if you have a strong enough desire to create change, either in your health or your wealth, you can do it just like that. Just so you know that there isn't, you don't have to wait 40 days and you don't have to wait 21 days to change anything. You can change it just right now. Um, but there is frameworks to work in that have shown those studies help from a long-term perspective. If you're somebody that's had difficulty maintaining long-term success, having some framework helps. So rewarding yourself after you do something for 40 days it, you know, like the holding off on the be, do, have, the have is the reward in 40 days. Study after study has shown that when you offer people a uh, solution right away, they'll take, if they, you, you could give them $100 today or $1,000 in two months, they'll take the $100 today. Not seeing the value of the grand because it's just, it's too far away. So this is part of the game you need to start playing with yourself is going, what's the value of waiting? What's the value of that patience? The long-term game, the little bit of long-term suffering. <laughs> so, so just to contextualize that a bit. All right. Now, uh, one thing that I, I want to make sure that we don't miss out on, uh, because we had a lot of people asking about, is the conclusion to the Frank and Joyce story. The Frank and yes. Joyce story. And that all threads into this rest of this as well. What it happened? Does. What happened with Frank and Joyce? Great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, believe it or not, let's retell a little bit of the story. Just sure. if we got somebody new tuning in. Um, this was a situation where this farming family, Frank the farmer and his uh, supporting and loving wife, Joyce, uh, they'd amassed this, this estate, this huge farming estate. The cash portion when I first met them was $4 million, where they had it now invested in stocks. And that was the liquid amount of it. And it wasn't the race of return. It wasn't the stocks, everything that Frank was always loving. What was keeping poor Joyce up at night was, oh, my God, we're never going to spend all this money in our lifetime. Like, how are we going to now pass this on to the next generation? And believe it or not, since I first was introduced, that estate has actually snowballed. It's now worth over $5 million, just the stock component. Uh, of that. So the problem only got bigger and poor Joyce lost even more, would have lost more sleep if she didn't do this one thing. So I proposed a solution to it. And the solution addressed one of a few things. The one son that they had, which was literally the prodigal son in the sense that he was now completely estranged. They did not agree with his lifestyle. They wanted to keep this part of it private. So how do you do that? without you dying and then it becoming part of your state going through your will and going through that probate process, that legal process, there is a way. And people, a lot of what, a lot of people don't understand that you can do this with what's called a segregated fund and a few different names for it in different jurisdictions and countries. But in this contract, it actually made the whole 4 million, now 5 million private. So the prodigal son won't even know about this part because it's not going to pass through the will, which becomes a public record upon death. That was number one. Number two is they wanted to now leave this money and not cause a headache 
for the executor they named, which was the oldest grandson, the one that they really loved and helped grandpa out on the farm, he was now going to have to settle this massive estate, which has only gotten bigger since the first time I was introduced. And you could imagine the heartache, the feelings, the emotions that that son was going to cause dad to this grandson and how the ensuing chaos could have unraveled everything they worked so bloody hard all their lives to accumulate and now Mm -hmm. pass on to that next generation. So remember there was the four grandkids, okay? Yes. Number one, the oldest grandson who helped grandpa on the farm had really made it what it was today. He really wanted to respect that sweat equity that he built into that whole estate and worked so bloody hard with grandpa all those years to build up. So he was going to get a certain amount of the land, but they wanted to keep all the money part, the stocks, the cash, so to speak, equal and private. So to make his job easier, now they've got it split four ways, but not every beneficiary is going to get their lump sum. Aha. What did you say that that income stream now versus the far out payout? Um, there's so many ways I could describe that. So what they did is exercise an option within that whole segregated fund contract with the insurance company, actually. And what that was is called ASO. And people are like, probably like, well, what, what's what's asshole? It's what is asshole? <laughs> what is asshole? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Frank said to me when I said it. I said, have you ever heard of it? And I knew the answer was going to be no, because not a lot of people talk about it. So within this feature, in this contract, it stands for annuity settlement option. And they can actually tailor their solution to each of the grandkids, each of the beneficiaries. So the oldest one that they trusted dearly is going to get his fair share, 25% of whatever this 5 million grows to by the time grandma and grandpa are dead, because they're they're not even dipping into it. This is going to continue to snowball and grow over time. He's going to get a lump sum upon both of their debts. Number two, remember that guy? He took after his dad. And they were really worried that if he gets handed a million plus dollars upon their eventual death, that he could be dead right alongside them within a week. Mm -hmm. So, how to tackle this solution, I asked them, I said, do you give these guys money on their birthday? Because my, my grandma does, like, every single year. She's never missed a year in all those years. Thanks, grandma. Thanks, grandma Helen. But she's never grandma forgot. Helen. Out of all those grandkids, she's got a lot more than Frank and Joyce, I tell you that much. <laughs> um, she never missed a day. So I said, you know what? Wouldn't that be cool that even upon your death and beyond the grave, you could still control that, and you could have money deposited on his birthday every single year for the rest of his life? She's like... You can do that? I thought that would have to go through a trust through the will. And I said, no, 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 no. You can actually do that and tweak it and change it at no cost every time you want to change this. Remember I said they changed their will four times in the last however long? This is a way that they can actually tweak that. So maybe he can have some redemption and change his lifestyle. If so, they can change it. It's not in stone. So how they have it set now, if they forget to wake up tomorrow, Frank and Joyce, that grandson is going to get a big payout every single year on his birthday to the tune of about 40000 if that happened today. Pretty good gift from grandma and grandpa. <laughs> Thanks, grandma and grandpa. Thanks, grandma and grandpa, 40 grand. So let's talk about grandson number three. Again, another apple of their eye. Didn't grow up and didn't take farming as a vocation, but still doing something he loves and is of good character, build his own business up. They wanted him to get a lump sum as well. So his lump sum will be delivered to him upon their deaths, quick and easy within about a week or two because it flows very quickly through this type of contract. 
And on that note is Joyce realized that he would take that money and do something with it. He wouldn't squander it. He wouldn't live a lavish lifestyle. He would support his wife, his kids, and maybe grow his business further. And that will give him the advantage of really passing that now um, success into that next generation. Right. So that was grandson number three. Mm-hmm. And then we've got their one and only granddaughter. Remember what she was going through? My favorite, the lady going through the divorce. And do you think that divorce is still dragging on to this day? I'm going to bet it is. I'd oh, like yeah. to say no, but man, people are just... Money can do some crazy things to people in any which way. In this particular case, it was keeping grandma up at night. Remember, yeah. comes back to what's the real issue here? It wasn't the race of return and how much money they can accumulate and grow. It's how are they going to most responsible pass mm-hmm. this on to the next generation without un- unraveling and causing all that heartache and them eventually rolling in their grave. So what she's going to get is a monthly income. And if that happened today in the same scenario I just described, We did the math on that amount of money today. She would get a monthly income of $3,333.33 for the rest of her life. So that's what really made Grandma Joyce happy in this particular example. Um, We figured out, the broker and I, that after every other single meeting before I was there, is that the first question Frank would ask Joyce on the way out the door away from the broker was, So what do you think about this? What should we do? (laughs) That's why it went nowhere. (laughs) There was indecision and that whole freezing of what do we do with this fortune? It never went anywhere until we came to this solution. The the funny part of the story is, and I can joke about it because the broker saw the humor in it as well and laughed about it and still does to this day is Joyce asked us this one question. She looked him dead straight in the eyes. Why didn't you tell us this before? (laughs) And he's dead. (laughs) That's why Greg's here. <laughs> I've got to guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why. Well, but this is an important point, Greg. I think um, because a lot of people, and I've been in coaching now for 30 years. And again, hate to date myself. Actually, longer than that. If you want to count my first paid gig at 10 years old for coaching gymnastics, probably younger. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been coaching a long time. And one of the things that people uh, make a, a mistake doing and I will say this is that they hire coaches who actually cannot get them the result that they want. And so that, that's a problem. And it's something that we have a blind, big blind spot around uh, as human beings. But it's part of our growing up, you know, maturing and sort of going, OK, what really are the problems here and who can really help me get this solved with a decision that's written uh, down and that it's going to help to either protect or enhance my life as to your girlfriend uh, said, is this enhancing your life or not? You know, so that um, continuing to have the same discussion over and over again, like Frank and Joyce were having to experience with no resolution, that's a heartache in and of itself. So having um, real solutions that can help people is important and not everybody can do that. Um, you pointed out that some advisors do not even have the you know, education, training or the knowledge of this thing. So how would they even know to, to suggest it? They wouldn't. Exactly. So we're doing our best to spread that word, spread that message. There is other solutions. And you, you said it again, is you have to work with someone you can trust, right? And how do you have those conversations? And, and logically, you got to dig down to the, the actual root of the problem. If you're just touching the surface of rates of return and fees and all the blah, blah, blah you see on commercials, back mm-hmm. to the whole commercial thing, you're not going to get anywhere. 
until you actually get down to the, the brass tacks and the roots of what's keeping grandma up at night and then therefore keeping grandpa up at night, mm-hmm. like that, that shouldn't be an issue. Four million, five, now $5 million in stocks. Like, God, people would only dream of that. And here it's causing so much distress and concern in, in their lives. Like it just, it's mind boggling. Right. And some people would say quality problem, but still a problem. So it still needs to be, uh, still needs to be dealt with and handled and helped. So, so moving on from that, from Frank and Joyce, is there any other lessons out of Frank and Joyce that we want to make sure people have? The lesson there is take action, have the conversation. You know, the, the one exercise we mentioned in the last podcast, draw the family tree, all these different things you need to do. And we've said it, we've said it again, reach out for help. You know, there's people that can mentor you through this, coach you, and there's so many moving parts. When you got an estate that size, there's definitely some tax implications as well. So mm-hmm. again, we're aligned with so many great tax advisors out there that we can refer you to. Um, not to mention the, the other trap, which I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, is all the snowbirds going down to the United States and creating estates down there is they've got a whole different level of tax that we don't have here yet in Canada, which is uh, estate tax. So that could be a thing in the future. Someone's going to have to pay for all what's happened and transpired in this last year. Eventually, don't be surprised if we got something like that in our futures here in Canada and around the world. Yeah, let's take the last few minutes of the show to talk about the future and to talk about um, longevity, because one of the things, again, that we talk about is financial wellness is the reason why we got together to do the show. As I said, I'm a wellness coach and I can coach wellness, but people need financial wellness. And in all of this change of 2020, I'm also an executive coach and have been for a number of years. So I'm a business owner, an entrepreneur. Um, So I just see that there's this need for financial wellness and that the market is changing. People need also I've done career coaching, you know, so like people need new careers. They need new ideas uh, about how to make money. They need to understand how to work at home. They need to figure out how to set up home offices. They need to know how to parent at the same time that they're hanging out with their spouse that they maybe haven't seen for the last 10 years. And who are these kids who had those, where did they come from? Why are they here all the time? So there's, you know, there's nothing, you know, wrote about the schedules right now. It's like people are coming and going. Sometimes they're in school. Sometimes they're not kids are not going to university and it goes on and on so our ability to manage change and on the fly with keeping ourselves in a good vibe is really important i said you know probably 10 years at least ago when i got my genetic status probably 12 years ago i said i'm living until i'm 200 and i laughed (laughs) healthy i'm gonna be well till i'm 200 and that uh, so now it's funny because people laughed at that and i'm like i feel like that's a really possible possibility and now there's uh med beds there's all kind of neat technologies coming out that uh will be coming out in the next uh, span of the next year or so where people are going to find that there are ways to restore health and there's some other little neat tricks to help restore your health that i coach people in doing uh recently i had a girlfriend my best friend who's the actual um godmother of either rogan or leslie I'm going to get it wrong. So godmother, one of them anyway, but she's had a really hard time uh, with her health the last several years. And it's gotten so bad that she wasn't able to walk uh, going to, then she went to a naturopath. So this lady's the same age as me, relatively close to the same age and went to the naturopath, got this little solution. Um, I mean, she's been doing multiple things throughout the years, but got a solution of trying apple cider vinegar, one tablespoon 
once a day. So this was just prior to Christmas. So she's taking this stuff thinking, Oh God, please work, please work. And then lo and behold, she went out for a walk one day. So this is just at Christmas time, went out for a walk one day and she could walk. She hadn't walked on her own for five years. Wow. Five years. So she's walking. She goes a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. And so as I'm talking with her, I said, Holy, you know what this means is that all that retirement that you were thinking basically wasn't going to happen or was going to be like whatever. I said, now you're going to have to plan for having this great big long retirement. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like, oh, so there's quality problems here. It's like the quality problems of living longer and living in a healthy body, understanding that you don't know what might be the thing that could make you really well. And you don't know the thing that might actually Take the pull the rug out from under you. But surrounding yourself with a good team is really important. Having the five people that you hang around the most in your life are the five people that have the biggest influence on your positivity, your motivation, your engagement in life, what you achieve in your life. So just even there's another thing to take account of. Who am I hanging out with? And if it's yourself and yourself isn't that hot, like if you're depressed, negative, feeling out of sorts, 2020 uh, has been tough. 2021 is actually, quite frankly, not looking much better. So it's a lie for people to say 2021 um, is going to be a breeze. Uh, but it can be easier if you can get some good momentum going at the beginning of this year with your health, with your well-being, with taking stock. Um, yes, Greg? <laughs> just to recap that right we could have a negative perspective of 2021 yeah. or we can have a positive perspective of 2021 which do you choose for you just to recap the second part you know take that whole be do have model and if it's have do be flip it around hold yourself accountable write it down go through that exercise and i tell you uh the have is the result of who we are being and what we are doing. Um, Leah, with that, uh, you wanted to end the show this week with uh, an upbeat song. So just like your, your friend there on Christmas Day, it was such a beautiful day, such a beautiful morning. The sun was shining. I went for a three-hour walk that morning before having a, a Christmas dinner, so to speak. And this song popped into my head. And it's so funny. When I actually read the lyrics, I, it blew me away that it tied together with a song that we mentioned yeah, so if you miss the other episodes, then you'll have to go back and listen <laughs> to pick up the thread. Go this for it. This goes back to Frank, uh, Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. I didn't realize. So my favorite rocker is John Bon Jovi. Uh, the very first cassette tape I bought was Bon Jovi. And my kids look at me and say, Dad, what's a cassette tape? And I'm just like, don't even go there. <laughs> But right. he sings this song that really, again, it contextualizes it. It's a fun, upbeat song. When I hear it on the radio, I crank it right as loud as it can go. And it's called It's My Life. Are you ready for this one? Ready. Go for I it. I want to sing it. Go for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not going to torture your audience. Bring but I'm going to say the lyrics. Okay, and just go. pretend I'm singing it just like John Bon Jovi. So it's called It's My Life. This ain't a song for the brokenhearted. No silent prayer for faith departed. And I ain't going to be just a face in the crowd. You're going to hear my voice when I shout it out loud. It's my life. It's now or never. But I ain't going to live forever. I just want to live while I'm alive. My heart is like an open highway. Like Frankie said, I did it my way. I just want to live while I'm alive. It's my life. 
Yeah, this is the ones who stood their ground for Tommy and Gina, or Frank and Joyce, who never backed down. Tomorrow's getting harder, make no mistake. Luck ain't even lucky. Got to make your own breaks. It's my life, and it's now or never. I ain't going to live forever. I just want to live while I'm alive. My heart is an open highway. Like Frankie said, I did it my way. I just want to live while I'm alive because it's my life. Better stand tall when they're calling you out. Don't bend, don't break. Baby, don't back down. And I'm going to say it one more time. It's my life, and it's now or never, because I ain't going to live forever. I just want to live while I'm alive. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Well, I can't finish the show off any better than that. So thanks again, Greg, for being such a great, wise um, guest. If anyone needs any um, help or information, reach out to Greg or myself. Greg's got 900 advisors at his, um, oh, I don't know if I should say beck and call, but he's got 900 advisors that can give you a hand if you're suffering or need some help with your financial well-being, or if you've got lots of financial well-being and you want to redistribute it and you want to figure out how to make it um, work for you and work in this compassionate world that we are moving towards in this wonderful age of Aquarius, which we'll talk about on some episode at some point. Um, in the meanwhile, if you have any health issues, if you're struggling with any mental health stuff, reach out. We're here and uh, we want to make sure that people get going on this uh, 2021 without it looking like put that meme back up because it's just funny if you have it handy. Oh, yeah, maybe you can't. <laughs> no, <I laughs> but we want to turn this meme into something else in 2021. So please work <laughs> on your visualizations that are not this particular thing. And as we take this show out, I invite you to love each other, love yourselves, mind your mind and make 2021 the best that you possibly, possibly can. And work on some new artwork, which you're going to share with us. Thanks, Greg. Yes. <laughs> Gotta get worse. It's only a matter of perspective. That's it is only a matter of that. perspective. Awesome. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you next week. That's all for us. Bye for now. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Master Your Life is a presentation of Leah Mattinson Enterprises, Inc. Join us next time on Master Your Life, helping you to discover the very best of you.